What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky TV show. Yes, sir. <laughs> and this time it is my pick. And yeah. I was alluding to the fact that I was going to get Erica back for cheating on our system earlier this year um as she uh very conveniently had us do all of the tales from the hood movies in february i told right. you erica that i was going to get you back <laughs> you did you did you did and you know what you did because <laughs> although although this is something that i have been wanting to talk about mm -hmm. and have been wanting to watch because Spoiler alert, homies, I had not been keeping up with this series as it was coming out. And you knew that, and you've been plotting on me this whole time, waiting, asking me, oh, did you watch, have you caught up yet? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And then the whole time you knew. Well, to be fair, I feel mm. like it was around like episode three that I made the decision that this was going to be my choice when we got here. Um, and as soon as I did like realize I was going to do it, I started to hint a lot more heavily that I think you should watch the show sometime soon. Um, but it was like Why? on a week to week basis. I was very nicely, no pressure at all. Just being like, Hey, Erica, have you, have you watched the show yet? Have you right. checked out an episode? Exactly. <laughs> nicely. No pressure. No pretenses. Never once did you say, Hey, you know, I think we might cover this on the podcast. So Maybe, you know, maybe start <laughs> checking them out just so that hey, you're not super duper behind. I was, I was so proud of myself for watching the first episode because I finally had you <laughs> off my back. Next thing I know, <laughs> you spring it on me a whole season. Look, I was just inspired by you and your creativity with your choice earlier this year that I thought, you know, it might be fun for us to tackle another series. That's all. That's all. Right. I mean... <laughs> And to be fair, if we're going to jump into a series, The Last of Us seems 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 like the right one to do so, um, because both you and I have played the game mm -hmm. and are familiar with the game, have spoken about the game before, mm -hmm. and so it makes sense that this is the show that we would cover in. Because when I don't even remember the last time we covered a show. Was it First Kill, like last summer? Oh, yeah, yeah. First Kill was the last time that we covered a show. Okay, so it's been a, it's been a hot second since we've done this. It's been a minute since we've, we've covered. And I think since we've covered a, a show that is on the more intense dramatic side, because First Kill was a lot of fun. Yeah. But First Kill was a little bit more light and like fun um and just kind of not too serious like right, it didn't right, feel right. like a hefty a hefty thing to take on it was fun to watch it was fun to talk about um but 
The Last of Us has a lot to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And just from the game alone, I was expecting a pretty intense, dramatic interpretation. And that is what I got. Um, So, yeah, I, I expected it to be a lot and in the best way, obviously, mm-hmm. um, which I also feel like is maybe why I was putting it off a little bit, just because I knew I, a, I knew that when I watched it, I was going to be into it. I knew right. that I was probably going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll keep going. Um, and as you guys know, this was like a weekly release, which is rough for me sometimes. sometimes it's hard. I want it's that not the easiest thing. It's not. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, give it to me. Just give me all the shows so I can watch them all. So sometimes I'll wait for that matter anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not what was happening this time. I was just being lazy. But I mean, sometimes it's nice to just be able to watch watch them back to back to back at the same time. Oh, so true. But still, this is actually really exciting for me because like you know that I am a huge, huge, huge fan of this franchise. Um, I haven't shut up about this franchise, <laughs> I think, since I've played the games, like both the part one and part two um right this has been and this is one of my like top three games of all time um especially like narrative games one of my favorites of all time i think it's an absolute masterpiece and so when it was announced that it was coming to live action i was nervous i'll be honest that was my yeah. initial reactions like i'm nervous about this because this is something that's very near and dear to me um i really want them to do it right and video game adaptions have not had the best track record as of late uh-huh. um so it was very scary coming into this but seeing the reception that the show has had getting to watch the show getting to talk to a couple people about the show and seeing how people feel um i'm very happy of what we got and i'm very excited to get to talk to you about it because although we're both fans of the franchise you know how much i love the franchise we haven't i think in like length really talked about it before so right yeah well and and i so coming from my perspective like i guess a little bit of my history with it is i've not done this i've not played the second game Mm -hmm. not watched any playthrough of the second game so that whole story is totally um you know separate from me and so that is one thing that i am interested in if they're just gonna completely jump into second season second game Mm -hmm. um that would be a whole brand new thing for me unless of course i mean it would probably take a while i've got plenty of time to play the game before it comes out but (laughs) but still (laughs) um but yeah as far as the first game goes i think that it is a master of storytelling uh particularly for a video game i think that it is super immersive um it it's just right for me because if you guys know my style of playing games i'm not always a fan of like the stealthy (laughs) you gotta hide and sneak up from behind you gotta craft you gotta like take out multiple enemies Uh, it's not that i don't like them i'm just not very good at them Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i i didn't know if this would be a game that i was going to be into but i really really liked this game i think that they did a good job of kind of touching everything just enough but still being really accessible yeah. Um, and so I loved that aspect of it, fell in love with the characters. And although I'm a huge fan of the game, I think when it comes to us, I'm maybe a little bit more of the casual fan. Like I'm Fair. not, I don't think I'm as 
as like into it or as knowledgeable about it as you are. So when this show got announced, I was really excited. I think I maybe had less hesitations about it just because I wasn't that much of like a oh, they better stay, they better stick to the story. Like, I, I really didn't. I, I, All I cared about was that they, and I think I might have said this on, on stream, all that I cared about was that they kept the integrity of Ellie and Joel's relationship mm-hmm. because I'm like, the adventures that happen along the way, that is what it is. But I was like, that's the, the heart of the story is all that really matters to me as long as they keep that. However, we, like you said, there have been a lot of video game adaptations that I think we've seen even more recently. Resident Evil, I'm looking at you. That kind of, you know, just didn't hit yeah. the mark the way that you would expect them to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting that this particular video game adaption was so successful in the way that they have portrayed the game and the characters and the narrative and everything like i'm really pumped i'm super excited to talk about it um and also i think it was also exciting to as you know someone who enjoys this franchise to see people who maybe aren't gamers or didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about the last of us um have this kind of week to week um collective journey with each other of like finding out the story of Joel and Ellie and like what happens and what happens in this world. One of my favorite things while this show was being released was like hopping on the Twitter and just seeing like everyone's reactions to the new episode and like how everybody was feeling about where the story was going. It was just really cool to see something that was already so well done, have its, you know, little tendrils spread out to more and new people who may have missed this if they weren't gamers. Mm-hmm. And it's also like it was one of those things that it felt like a collective experience, too, because like typically for most like shows and movies we cover, I'll like watch them alone. But like this one, I watched about like half of them alone. Like I think I watched maybe like the first uh, first three episodes on my own. And then post that I was watching with a friend. And I think like watching with someone else really like elevates the experience because it's yeah. really fun to just sit there with somebody and be like, oh, my God, like what's happening? No, agreed. Yeah, because I, like I said, as uh, someone who is familiar with the story of the game and presumed, and as t- the episodes went along, I was like, yeah, they deviate a little bit for for the most, like for the most part, we're we're staying pretty pretty clear and true with the game storyline. So as someone who was familiar with that, it was even when those moments were coming up when I knew shit was about to pop off, obviously I was still stressed about it, but not in the same way as someone who maybe didn't know what was going to come. Mm -hmm. So watching it with someone who did not remember the game as much and really had no idea what was coming up was like a whole different experience because their reaction made me more anxious than I think <laughs> I would have been if I was just sitting there alone. Mm-hmm. You know, because like if you're alone, yeah, you can be nervous about things, but you know how things are going to play out. But like hearing hearing Anthony like gasp and, and be all stressed out about things that were going to happen and also me trying not to like give things away. That's the hardest was thing. really, really yeah, hard. Because my friend hadn't played the games either so like they were also uh, very much like oh my god like where is this going and it was just yeah. the hardest thing not to be like mm, I know I'm, where it's gonna yeah. go but. I Yeah I was like because he has played the game before but it's just been so long and mm-hmm. he's not gone back to it so he just doesn't remember the way that things played out and so he would say things like oh they're gonna do this and this is gonna happen and I was trying so hard 
so hard not to react <laughs> one way or the other. Right. And, I, and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that what you think so? <laughs> and I was trying to be as casual as possible. But it did make it a lot of fun because mm -hmm. it's cool to see. It's it's exciting to see the reaction of someone who is really experiencing things in real time because, mm -hmm. yeah, we're experiencing this version of it but we kind of know the story and like what's yeah. gonna happen and the game itself is so cinematic that it's like we've experienced those moments however many years ago right. when we first played through the game but we don't have that anymore so it was kind of fun to watch someone else who was getting to have that experience now mm -hmm. like what 10 years eight years i don't know when the game came out yeah, at least a decade at least <laughs> something like that yeah something like that um but as far as you were saying about like seeing the reactions to the episodes obviously i didn't experience that because like i said i wasn't watching them weekly so mm -hmm. i that is something that is really fun as shows come out and everybody's reacting um to them as they're coming out i do think there's a cool like camaraderie in that didn't happen for me because like <laughs> i said i waited until all of them were out mm -hmm. before watching them and then by the, the marathon a little bit yes <laughs> and also with my procrastination <laughs> procrastination station over here i knew you told me we were going to do this weeks ago and yeah. i still waited <laughs> until the week before just to, we just to were clear to things record. up here about what was said earlier is there was some grace period given to erica to watch yeah. these to put this into perspective he told me at the beginning of March that we were going to be doing this. <laughs> um, that's time. That's time. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's what I mean. I had a whole month to, to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I continued to put it off. So I had only watched the first episode and then I binge watched eight of the episodes. Oof. Um, a, that's which, a big undertaking. Even, even I, with such a great show, that's a lot. It's a lot, a lot of TV. <laughs> It is, especially because this is the type of show that I would like to start once it was already dark. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but then it's also the type of show where once you start it, you're like, oh, I'm going to keep going. Let's get through some more episodes. So needless to say, um, I needed energy. I needed to stay <laughs> up and I needed to watch these, particularly because uh, on the day that we're recording this, I finished the last four or five episodes last night. Um, so <laughs> I, needless to say, I needed to be awake and alert and processing and enjoying this. Um, but luckily, I had a little bit of help, which actually brings us to our sponsor for today's episode, which is Magic Mind. Mm -hmm. So Magic Mind um, is a little drink elixir um, that you can drink either in addition to the caffeine that you already intake. So like um, your daily cup of coffee mm -hmm. or energy drink, I suppose. Yeah, if you're um, one of those people that pops a Red Bull in the morning, something like <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, or you can take it instead of your regular ca caffeine intake yeah and it'll give you a caffeine boost it'll help clear your mind help keep you focused and when i say it's a little magic elixir i literally mean it it's like a little like a little shooter mm -hmm. um that you can either take straight or that you can mix with something yeah so the way that i did it and i you can let them know how you how you did it but the way that i did it is i would put it into some uh, almond milk I would swirl that around, put a little bit of ice in there, and I would drink it like a latte. Okay. Okay. I did something similar where I would make like a little mini matcha out of them since yeah. the, we had like a matcha flavor, and I would mix that in with my already 
like pre-mixed matcha. Like I just have matcha laying around. I'd mix that together with a little bit of oat milk, swirl that around and basically have like a little matcha latte. And mm. it was, I got him it's pretty tasty. And like somebody who suffers from a lot of like brain fog a lot of the time. And like, I typically will have some caffeine every single day. Like I definitely could feel a difference in the amount of energy that I had. Like mm. it definitely felt like it cleared some things up, kept me like focused. And like, I had a very large boost in productivity for um, the length of time I've been drinking it. So it's mm -hmm. been it's been pretty spot on. Can't lie. Yeah, no, same. I think that especially that first day when I started watching, <laughs> watching through <laughs> the episodes, it definitely it definitely helped me because I my sleep schedule has been really wonky. And also, too, I'm just not I'm not a huge like coffee I like coffee. Mm -hmm. I like the taste of coffee. Mm -hmm. I can't drink coffee in the mornings. Mm -hmm. It makes me, it makes my stomach grumble. Let's just say that. <laughs> like, it's just not, it's just not something that I can do and then be a, go about my day uh -huh. because it will be a little bit of a rough situation at times. <laughs> so as much as I love coffee, it's not something that is easy for me to just say, oh, I'm going to have some coffee really quick in the morning and and keep it moving so uh, being able to take do this and at least know that i have something that a i really love the taste of because i love matcha i love matcha lattes anyway mm -hmm. um that's usually what i get if i go to a coffee place um unless i you know i'm feeling feisty but i love starting my days with a matcha latte so having this knowing that i was getting a caffeine boost from it and i like the flavor and i knew that my my stomach would be okay it was was ideal like yeah. that's what i preferred um and so yeah it has matcha in it it has <laughs> it has cordyceps mushrooms in it but guys <laughs> this the good is the kind. good the good the good kind we this is not a last of us situation <laughs> this is the good kind um the kind that is good for your immune system is good for your energy levels um and yeah, I just felt, I don't know. I just really looked forward to starting my day like this. Like I said, it tasted good. It made me feel good. Um, I'm excited to get more of it mm -hmm. and keep it keep it going on. Um, and yeah, it for anybody who's like wanting to cut back on a bunch of coffee, a bunch of energy drinks, I think this is a really great way to implement a healthier way of getting that boost agreed and De definitely cut back on that yeah yeah if this sounds like something that you guys would be interested in we highly recommend um trying them out and just seeing how it it feels i mean within three three to five days you'll definitely feel a difference um so if you guys would like to give them a try we do have a code for you mm -hmm. um so our code is surprise surprise homies of horror and that is all caps h-o-m-i-e-s-o-f-h-o-r-r-o-r -R -R. that will give you 20 percent off of your one-time purchase or if you use that within the next 10 days that will get you 56 percent off your subscription or you can go to our link. It is www.magicmind.co slash homies of horror. We will also have this written down in the description below. Um, so if that's easier for you guys to go down there and just copy and paste it, 
that'll be in the description for the episode but yes please if that sounds like something that you would be interested in we would love for you guys to go check them out and let us know what you think Mm -hmm. but speaking of actually um stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. (laughs) um another thing that it was helpful for is reducing that which you definitely need when you're watching this show oh my god so true (laughs) because oh my god well and so as a result We've decided to do our scale a little bit differently today. Yeah. Because and a TV show is is a little bit different anyway because you'll have episodes that are scary. Then you'll have episodes that aren't scary at all. Um, but what this show does have consistently across every board and every episode is drama. Drama. Drama filled, absolutely. The dramatics of it all. <laughs> Um, so we wanted to rate this on our drama scale <laughs> of one to five, with five being the most drama-filled twists and turns the show could be, and one being, I'm chilling, mm-hmm. I'm calm, I'm having a good time. So on a scale from one to five, Roshane, uh-huh. how dramatic is The Last of Us? uh easily a six like not <laughs> no hesitation six uh yeah <laughs> yeah this the show is just pure drama from beginning to end despite the i mean in i guess in addition to the scares because there are some scary episodes there are some tense episodes but like the emotional drama to the actual like fear induced drama it's all there and it, it's plentiful um mm-hmm. so just know if you do decide to start this show um, that you are going to be out on the edge of your seat. You will probably need a box of tissues and um, you are probably going to shed a tear or two. And that's just kind of how it is. So I'm going to say a six <laughs> out yeah. of five. Yeah, honestly, I yeah, I, I would give this I'd give this a five only because and even, even speaking as someone who knows what's going to happen, I was stressed the fuck out. And like, <laughs> I was upset. I was nervous. I felt like I was reliving all of the surprises and, and twists and turns all over again. And it just, it's different seeing real life people you know quote unquote Mm -hmm. experiencing these situations rather than it being in a video game um i don't know it just it was just it just hit different (laughs) i feel like things that didn't make me as sad in the game made me sad in in the show and and all but also at the same time things that were already really fucking sad in the game were just as sad in the show and so it was like sad on sad on sad and yeah my heart (laughs) My heart was fighting for its life. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a five. <laughs> nice. But without further ado, I think it's time that we go ahead and jump into this series as a whole. So, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, and you have been warned. But today we are talking about The Last of Us, brought to us by HBO, um, coming originally from Naughty Dog. From co-creators Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, starring Bella Ramsey as Ellie and Pedro Pascal as Joel. When the world is ravaged by a fungal infection, survival becomes the top priority for those who remain. But when fate brings together Joel, 
a grizzled smuggler who lost his daughter several years prior, and Ellie, a hardened youth born with an immunity to the infection. A glimmer of hope shines through the darkness. Now, Joel and Ellie must make a perilous journey to a medical rendezvous in hopes of finding a cure. But will they be ready for the horrors that await them along the way? Insert scary mushroom people, poorly timed puns, and the thin moral line between wrong and right here. Our series concludes with Joel and Ellie barely making it to their destination. But how much are they willing to sacrifice for the sake of the human race? Also, it's okay. I got you, baby girl. Roll credits. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you ever seen? <laughs> what? Have you ever have you ever seen three hundred and sixty five days? Yes. Why? Because <laughs> I know it's cute. It's so it is really cute that Joel calls like them baby girl but it's so hard because ever since that movie I, that's all i can think of when i hear that is like that are you lost baby girl or Oh, and I hate it. I hate it's, that it's got to be this way. <laughs> it's look, it's so true. And to be fair, I feel like baby girl is one of those things that's like it just kind of feels cringe these days. Yeah. However, however, Pedro Pascal's delivery as Joel of it's baby girl, it hit a little different. I'm Pedro, sorry. Pedro killed it. But when you just said it, it lit my my Look, my I, ears Pedro I am not I am sorry <laughs> it's the it's because of the way that you like deliver it it it's like how it's like that dr that drama that he has when he says it he's like are you lost baby girl <laughs> oh, no. uh, but we're moving on from that um also also homies just a heads up I did just want to make a little small um, caveat um that bella ramsey is non-binary however um has no pronoun preference so mm -hmm. just so you homies know um if we and we may switch between she and they when referring to the actor but when we're talking about ellie we'll always use she pronouns because yeah. that is what ellie the character identifies as but i just wanted to give a heads up uh just just to let everyone know of course of course out of respect yes yes but all right i will say i did not take any notes while i was watching this because honestly same i honestly, was enthralled same. <laughs> and like watching it week to week i also again wasn't right. i didn't know necessarily when we when i started watching it that we'd be covering it at some point so i wasn't taking notes yeah. however since this was my pick I will ask, I guess, in general, Erica, <laughs> how did you feel about The Last of Us? Yes. Okay. So first things first, I feel like this for like when it first starts, I was both the m really, really excited for the beginning, but also the least excited for the beginning. Okay. I've talked to you a little bit about about my feelings for it, but mainly because I think the opening of The Last of Us is is 
amazing. It's so good. It's so sad. I love the opening. I, you know, that whole thing with Sarah and her fate and the start of it all, the start of something new, if you will, <laughs> is is amazingly done. And seeing it played out on on screen, I mean, they nailed it. it it's basically... It plays out very similarly to the game. However, we do get more backstory on Sarah, which I was very, very excited for. Mm -hmm. I really liked seeing more of her as a character and getting to learn a little bit more about her personality and what her day-to-day -day was before everything popped off. I really liked that. I thought that was cool. Um, but then it's like after Sarah, <laughs> even I have always felt that this little bit of post sarah pre ellie is probably like my least my least favorite part of mm -hmm. the world building which is weird because normally uh, you guys will hear me champion all the time like what's this world like yeah. we've got to see what's going on but then at the same time for some reason i don't care <laughs> i mean that sounds it sounds bad but like in in this circumstance i think it's because i get you do see this world when mm -hmm. when joel and ellie explore and that little bit in between where you're just kind of learning information it's the slowest bit of the story in my opinion like just catching up to what joel's been doing for the past 20 years or whatever is like the slowest bit yeah. Um, but I will say they condense it really well in the show. Yeah, that's it's barely it's it's very short. <laughs> it's super short. And that's one of the big pros of this show for me is their pacing and what they decided to do with like what they wanted to use and what they were going to omit was just so well done. And like I have to assume that having Neil on board, who was like the original creator, um, was helpful in that where it's one of those cases where you get the OG creator to get to take another stab at their own narrative and like what parts are important. And I think what the show does a great job of is taking all of the human parts of the story and putting a spotlight on that and moving a little bit away from the action, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think in these like first couple of episodes is very important because I feel like you really very quickly get to establish a relationship with all of these characters. Um, even like in the first episode with Sarah, a character that you know you're going to lose if you played the games, um, getting to spend that extra time with her, I think really fleshed out some things that you were missing when you played the game because things really kick off very quickly um, in that universe. And so getting to explore that, getting to see a little bit more of the world before the infection hits, I think definitely frames up this story to allow you to like feel the reality of it a little bit more because there are some great parallels i think between like how this story starts versus like you know what we went through during the pandemic and just like i think during the early stages of this show after the pilot release i had a lot of conversations with people being like this opening feels like what would have happened if the pandemic really went wrong you know like mm -hmm. if we didn't bounce back from that and that just day one when everything hit and went crazy, what would happen if the world continued in that direction? And I think The Last of Us does a great job of exploring that in this like fictional world that feels very rooted in 
our world and like our reality right yeah well because it's like the way that things the information spreads and gets handled feels very much like real and the, yeah. what we've experienced but obviously you know this is a little bit of a different situation in the sense of it's not just people getting sick it's people becoming like <laughs> zombies basically. basically yeah and so that is the real I get panic of this beginning bit is that there's very little information being given to the world besides the people in power, mm -hmm. but like regular everyday people, there's very little information being given to them, despite the fact that like there are people who, when they become infected, will immediately turn around and try and eat you and and infect you. And that's the kind of thing that needs to be like needs to be conveyed to people. It's it's that very little lack of concern and care of saying, hey, you guys need to stay in your houses because of this instead of just being like, oh, just stay in your houses yeah because well, it's like bitch why why <laughs> for like, what reason for why so there's a lot of confusion in the beginning of this and it all pops off immediately which we find out later that basically they bring in an expert to figure out what's going on and the expert is basically like there's not shit to be done and honestly, if I were you, I would bomb this everybody. Like yeah. I would just blow the whole shit up. And Which, that's, that's what they do. That's some scary stuff to hear. <laughs> that's like when crazy. that's someone's first when that's someone's first option, not like, oh, if all else fails, hit the bomb. No, she's immediately like, y'all need to nuke yeah. everything. That's yeah. so scary. Uh, uh, right away. They're like, the guy's like, what can we do? She's like, <laughs> take me home <laughs> take me home let me be with my family uh but you should explode the entire city because <laughs> the way that it's spreading is so quick and and that's what they do i mean we do learn later that a lot of these areas got taken out mm -hmm. with innocent people people that weren't infected still within those areas um a lot of people never made it to the quarantine zones and even if they did make it to the quarantine zones a lot of those zones got overtaken and it's it's what i will say that i do enjoy about this the way that the information is relayed in this story is a lot of it is um non-linear we get a lot of information after the fact. And then as an audience, you piece everything together, which I, you know, I appreciate when they're like, oh, are you? you know, like you guys can figure it out on your own. You're smart enough that you can figure all this out on your own and fill in the blanks without us needing to show you everything. Mm -hmm. We get just enough where we can imagine what that first probably week was like. And then maybe bits and bobs of what the 20 years has been like mm -hmm. but for the most part it's really left up to the viewer to kind of decide what this world has has looked like and for the most part it ain't looking good i mean there's there's like some areas <laughs> there's some areas where they're trying to rebuild and and start a new world i guess if yeah you, if you will but even that life is 25% of what it could be. True. And like, 
there is an argument here that like we've seen so many infection zombie what have you stories where it's just like the world ends and then we have to rebuild like we've been here several times before in several different stories um but i think what's unique on the last of us take on it is just the people that we do explore once the world ends and like the different communities that we do see um, I think that they are fleshed out well enough and talking more about that world building that you brought up before. Um, I do think like we get to see enough of each of these different areas that, um, you do get to differentiate the people who are, you know, in, you know, Joel and Tess's initial area versus like the people in Jackson and like the, the, the rebels later on and like all these like different groups that have now formed, with the end of the world, basically. I love that every group of characters has their own motives, has their own means of operations, their own codes of ethics. Like, I love that we explore those things because although it's a familiar take, it is kind of a natural progression, I think, of things is like that, that again, like you said, the rebuilding of the world, right? Like we have to do something. We can't just live in the, in the holes Mad Max style every single time. Like sometimes you got to see what you can salvage <laughs> yeah and so i do like the fact that this story leaves space for these communities to have survived and to have found some means of moving forward despite how you know tragic the events of you know day zero were for mm -hmm. a lot of people and just how quickly things hit the fan too, which I, I'm somebody who, as many of you know, a, an infection zombie connoisseur, I love seeing the day one of things. Like I, that's like one of my favorite parts. And so seeing all that chaos to then hit like kind of the almost not like peace, but kind of the, 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 the quiet life post the, the initial outbreak, I think is a great transition. Um, because it also, it takes you from such a heightened emotional state, right? With Joel and like losing his daughter to jumping forward to like, you know, you have the imagery of Joel, like holding his daughter as she's dying versus Joel very absentmindedly tossing a body into a pile to be burned. And just like, it's such a quick shift. But in that quick shift, you see so much of a change of character, so much of a change of just like his mental state. And I feel like, the people that exist in this world now, you just assume everybody's a hard ass, right? Because like the for you to have made it this many years in this world, you got to have at least a little bit of backbone. Right. But then and you would think that. But then that's it's it's interesting to have such a long time jump where we didn't get to see the beginning, really. We saw the very beginning. We mm -hmm. saw like the straight out the womb infection, but we don't get to see the like growing the up. Building. The growing up. Yeah, we jump ahead and this infection is like full blown. We're many, many, many years past that. And so we're at a in a position where there's so many different types of people and you do expect everyone to be really just like Joel, like so equipped to survive this world. But they're really not because you've had so much time for people to make new places and make new communities. And some of these people have 
had kids and these kids are growing up in this world and this is all that they know and that's mixed with people who still remember how it used to be and still maybe hold on to that and then also people who have totally given up on that and you have these different sectors where you've you've had enough time where there are areas where they have built up places where that's probably the closest they're ever going to get to how it used to be and the people that live there aren't all equipped to deal with what is outside the walls because they haven't had to in a long time maybe they fell in with people that were it's like that it's that thing of we see a couple different characters like this throughout the series who managed to fall in with someone who is a joel but would they survive without their joel i mean we get to see a little bit of that with bill and frank like Mm -hmm. When you Which, find what a that heartbreaking episode we want to talk <laughs> we're about. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Yeah, we're gonna get there. But yeah, you see a little bit of that with a couple different characters where you really realize that there are many different ways that people have kind of lived their lives in this situation. And everyone is still just doing the best that they can. I feel like you would assume that 20 years of the future, everyone would be equipped to deal with this situation. But even in a world that is post-apocalyptic, there's still so many different types of people, so many different types of people who believe so many different types of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing with this. And I mean, we've seen this with with like COVID and everything. You, you see these moments where it can either really push people together or really pull people apart. Mm-hmm. And there are so many different people who react to these situations differently i think one thing that the last of us does really well is like these morally gray characters where you see a lot of people where automatically we want to root for joel but at the end of the day a lot of these people are just trying to survive and and if we were on the opposite side joel's the bad guy yeah if we're one of those kids who's just out on a loot run because our community needs shit and we run into joel and we've been told hey kill kill the first people you see and then joel kills us like joel is the bad guy now for us and he's he's even framed up too is like again we talk about we don't see everything right like even before we meet joel several times throughout the series he hints at especially when we catch up with his brother too about the things that they had to do to survive over these years while they were trying to recreate some semblance of society, right? Like they've done some dark, terrible things that were both gray and just straight flat out wrong, but they Mm -hmm. did what they had to do to survive. And so it's so interesting to follow a character that is, you know, this is going to be our hero, you know, so to say for this series, but like, he has done some very not heroic things. And even throughout the series, we see him do some things that may feel justified in the moment based on how he feels. But we've also seen him go overboard just because, you know, he can. Yeah. And it's such a it's so compelling to watch great characters. That's one of my favorite things to watch characters where it's like, I, I know I'm rooting for you right now. But also, like, should I be rooting for you? Like, is it right. is it the right thing to be rooting for you? Um. I just I I like absolutely love that with both storytelling and just character development in general. But I also love that I feel like HBO was a great choice for for a 
um service to pick up the last of us because in very much in hbo fashion um the series sets up very quickly this notion that we're going to meet a lot of characters in a lot of these episodes we're going to get introduced to a lot of people and guess what ain't nobody safe there mm-hmm. is nobody who isn't necessarily on the chopping block in this yeah. very um uh, dangerous world that we're now living in yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, everybody's big dead. And for the most part, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's kind of true. That's very true. But you also meet some characters along the way that are one-off characters, not because they die, but just because Joel and Ellie are constantly on the move. Mm-hmm. And so they'll meet someone and, and get what they need from them and, and keep it moving. Um, but yeah, there are also some characters in here that were maybe only alluded to or just kind of background in the game that really get flushed out in in the show and um or even that weren't in the main game and we get um for anyone who played the dlc Mm -hmm. we get a whole episode (laughs) devoted devoted to that and and riley and ellie's relationship um but I loved everybody. Like, I mean, I love me. <laughs> Hold on. Every- <laughs> I didn't well, love everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody was, was well played. Yes. Yeah. Everybody was very, very well done. Even if they were the shittiest of characters, mm-hmm. everybody was very much well done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm like, let me clarify <laughs> what I'm yeah, trying to say. There are some say. characters, especially <laughs> later on, where like, y'all are less than savory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like everybody had a motive and I really mm-hmm. love that. Like even when you did not like a character or like you knew like you were on, uh, you were opposed to what the character was doing. I like that the story still gave them a reason for why they were doing things. And for the most part, gave them compelling reasons for why they were doing things too. But yeah, the whole cast of characters, like everybody who appeared in the series did an absolutely phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved ha- how they handled the um, the Joel and Tess relationship. I thought that that was really fleshed out in the show. Um, I liked it in the game, but I do think like getting to see two real people actually, you know, play these characters and go through that relationship. It made it uh, even more clear kind of like what they had and like why they were together in the first place and whatnot and it even makes it more tragic when we ultimately lose tess which you know we we lose her both in the show and then also anna warshaw who did the original test we mm-hmm. lost her along the way during the show too which kind of like double factored in with um that as well but it just felt like every time we lost someone it hurt you know like yeah. it, it for whatever reason, for whatever the setup was, like there was always just so much pain attached to it every time you lost someone. Yeah. Can we talk about the 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 fun guy kiss? Oh yeah. That was <laughs> that was nasty. I did not like that. That little mushroom kiss. The um, little tendrils, they were so unnerving. Like, and I love that they went me. with this because like I remember initially when people were talking about the series and they mentioned very early on that they were losing the whole spores um thing that they had in the games, which is like it was an airborne virus. So like you inhale the spores 
And like, that's one of the ways that you could be infected. Naturally, that'd be difficult to do in a TV show because you'd have your characters wearing masks through like half of it. And that is not fun to shoot nor to get sound for. So like, it makes sense to kind of transition to something else. Um, But what we ended up getting with the like the the little tendril fungus and all that stuff. It was gross. I hated it. Visually, it was stunning. But it was, it it was, it it was. It upset me. Yeah. I mean, particularly then it wasn't always so bad. But yeah, it it was it was seeing the way that and knowing that that is how they can spread it through each other and like mm-hmm. knowing that it was like tendrilling up to her brain. Mm-hmm. It was it was offensive to me. <laughs> I was upset. Um, but especially for for Tess, it's just such a bummer to see her character go out that way. It's yeah. one thing to have her be bitten. And have her accept her fate, but having to get a mushroom French kiss. Nobody yeah, wants that. <laughs> nobody needs that. And so, I mean, she went out in a badass way. I True. was worried. I was like, is she not gonna get this lit? The mat, the like, because that would have yeah. been me. Here's the thing, y'all. I don't know how to light a lighter. <laughs> I've never Re- successfully lit a lighter. Really really it's oh, scary wow, okay. i don't like lighters they stress me out okay There's, they unnerve me so truly if that would have been me if i didn't have matches handy which i can barely light a match myself <laughs> but if i didn't have a match and i only had a lighter that i would have been we would have been making out and i would have been like I, it is what it is i tried <laughs> uh, no yeah no i i mean i hear you there and like even too again i I played through the games, but similarly to Anthony, it's been a while since I played them. So like, I remembered the big plot points, but some of the smaller beats, I did not remember Um, the lighter sequence being one of them. I don't recall if that's in the game or not, but like, I think it is. I really don't remember that. Cause just like in the moment I was the same way. I was like, Oh wow. Is she going to just unceremoniously die here? I got real afraid, but um, thankfully she does get it off to get the explosion um Anatorv does amazing as Tess also like the way that she played that character very grizzled very like in command I just love the portrayal of her there mm-hmm. um and that I that really just goes across the board to all of the characters again like everybody just does such a phenomenal job portraying these people mm-hmm. in live action um but yeah that was like those uh, first Sarah then you have to deal with Tess and you just like right. get the ball rolling on these people dropping like flies um however in thankfully in I guess um opposition to that we get to see the very slow but rewarding fruition of Joel and Ellie's relationship because yeah. like it's very clear from the start Joel and he even says it himself he considers her cargo like we established that sh- that Ellie is, uh, she has some immunity to the infection. He is tasked with, from Marlene, uh, leader of the Fireflies, to get her to the uh, rendezvous point so that they can maybe find a cure. He very reluctantly does it, only because, like, it is beneficial for him and Tess to do it. Um, But once he loses Tess and it becomes just the two of them, naturally, they're going to be spending a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. So they're going to form some sort of relationship, despite the fact that, you know, Joel naturally doesn't really want to form any more human connections. I feel like as a character, he's lost enough people where he's like, I don't really want to get close to anybody else. So uh, you can stop with your puns, whereas 
Ellie, on the other hand, has a little bit of a different mindset because one, she is younger. She is one of those people that you talked about before who hasn't had to go through every single trial and tribulation of this new kind of world. Like, although she's lived a hard life, she's lived a lot of it like in, you know, safer areas, quote unquote. Well, and it's the only life she's ever known. And it's the only life she's ever known. Yeah, she's never known. She never knew the before time as, you know, you can kind of consider it. And so going on this journey with Joel, although it's scary and perilous, it's kind of a cool adventure for her, too, because she can, you know, see this world that she has never had the opportunity of seeing ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think especially for Joel, too, it's like. You know, he keeps people on a, at a distance anyway. He's still not, uh, he's, he's, he can be personable-esque enough. We see him interact with other people, but he really does have a, a very much like wall where it's, we can, we can only do for each other so much that benefits each other. Like mm-hmm. if you have something I need, that's great. But if not, why waste my time? Um, besides with Tess, who he is seeming, who he has known for basically the whole kind of 20 year break. And even with Tess, though, it's still clear that Tess only did so much for Joel. Like yeah. she filled a necessity for him and a hole for him, but not in the way that he needed, because by the end of it, we see that Ellie is the really the only person who has successfully kind of broken Joel out of this basically sleepwalking phase that he's been in since Sarah died. So even Tess was the closest relationship he maybe maybe has had besides Tommy, but she's still only kind of like a work relationship did, too. Yeah, it, it only did so much for Joel personally. And, yeah. and I feel like we can even see that obviously Tess's death is very hard on him, but he immediately snaps into that. Okay, bye. Like I have to leave you. It is what it is, which is in, is completely different than how he reacts later when the possibility of leaving Ellie behind is put on the table. It's not even an option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's nothing he could have done for Tess, but I just mean in the sense of there's no grand goodbye. There's no like hesitation. He's like, I gotta go. And (laughs) he's like, got a blast. And he's out of there. But he does does mourn her though. He definitely mourns, but that's what I mean. It's very clear that her death, plays on him for the rest of the show Mm -hmm. but even still there's still a he's still not ever willing to show that her he still tucks those emotions deep inside he's never Mm -hmm. outwardly able to express the his feelings or the way that he feels about Tess in the same way that he openly starts to later on with Ellie and um I mean and it doesn't help also too that Ellie is this about the same age as Sarah and is in and like Joel does not fuck with kids. He, he doesn't. It's like just not his thing anymore. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he it's just not something that he wants to deal with. And not only that, but because Sarah died before everything popped off. Joel has never had to be responsible for a child's safety in this world. And. He couldn't protect Sarah And even though he does obviously think of Ellie as a means to an end for a little bit, 
she's still a kid. And you can see that that is like a huge aspect in his mind of like, she's just a kid. And I'm taking care of a kid in this world. It's one thing if I die. It's one thing if another adult dies. I feel like the whole aspect of Ellie being a child to him mm-hmm. and hitting a little bit too close to home is another thing that makes him want to push her away, but also kind of paralyzes him in a lot of ways where yeah. he is feeling a fear in this world that he's not had to ever feel because he never had to take care of Sarah in this world. Yeah. And now he's basically given this person who example like signifies that for him and we see that kind of fuck with him for a good amount of this series i I love when we get to the tommy portion where he like admits to like how he's like feeling inadequate and like protecting ellie Mm -hmm. in those situations where he's like yeah i froze up so many times that could have led to her death and i'm like i can't do this and like listening to that character we've seen beat people down, murder people, get through everything who we think cannot be stopped, just be there and be like, bro, I can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. that was such a heavy weight to just drop. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you you watch a character for like seven hour long episodes, go through all this stuff to finally be like, yeah, I was scared the whole time. Like, oof, the way that that just hits you in the soul. And I thought he was gonna have a heart attack. I was like, now hold on. (laughs) <laughs> Joel, <laughs> are you okay? Because he was having basically like little anxiety attacks mm-hmm. from the fear of everything that was happening was starting to kind of overtake him. But which naturally, like it, I feel like for the character who you you know you see him so like Herculean, you're like ah oh, he's fine, but then he has like this this weakness, and you're like hey how do you have this? But it's like it makes so much sense. Like oh, you yeah. see the world this man is living in. A panic attack, that's that's light work in terms right. of the, the struggles that you might have in this world. The fact that Joel is healthy and thriving as much as he was at his age in this world, in this economy, in this place <laughs> where there's no like health care anymore, there's no things. He barely is eating. He's barely sleeping. He's mm-hmm. barely surviving <laughs> along with trying to take care of this young girl. The fact that my man was still on his feet was wild to me yeah truly a miracle but i do think that that conversation of being like i'm really really having a heart i'm gonna let her down because i'm not the person that i used to be and like i'm not strong enough to take care of her and she shouldn't have to take care of me sort of a thing I thought I think that that conversation was so necessary in the show because in the video game, it's different because there are certain things that can happen in video games where you just immediately suspend your disbelief. It's Mm -hmm. like Joel is older and like, you know, doing all this crazy shit in the video games. But it's a video game. You're like, yeah, he can jump that 20-foot gap and (laughs) land perfectly on the edge. Sure, why not? His knees are fine. Who gives a fuck? It's a video game. You know, like, there's certain things that you're just immediately, you will never second guess. Uh In a TV show and seeing an actual person doing these things, unless you're going for that, more kind of 
like absurd feel like if it's a Mortal Kombat movie where you're like, yeah, yeah. this is ridiculous. But that's not what we're going for here. We are going for real realism in a sense. And I do think it was so important to have that these moments where you do see Joel more mortality and you do see mm -hmm. like at the end of the day he's a human being and like yeah. yeah yeah he's been doing this shit for a long time so he's skilled at it but his body can only do so much and like mm -hmm. his mental estate can only handle so much and i mm -hmm. feel like that whole episode with tommy and just seeing him really battling with the idea that there could be a better person equipped to take care of her, especially at the point of their relationship where you had seen him start to open up and he obviously does care about her a lot at this point. I do think that that was necessary because I think that's a time where you really do get to see that at the end of the day, Joel's just a human who has kind of just been getting lucky. Like, yes, yeah. he's skilled, but a lot of that has been coming down to luck. And we see that luck run out basically right after that happens, after that mm -hmm. conversation happens. He does finally have that moment that he's been fearing is going to happen. He does get hurt. And so I do think that those little breakdowns of Joel's character were necessary for the realism that they're playing with. That's true. And something else with like the video game comparison too, because this goes into a point of, I guess, conversation that I've seen some people have is like the nature of the show. And like I said earlier, the show is very human and relationship focused, whereas the game is an action adventure game. Um, when you play through it, you do go through several sequences where, you know, you're battling off large hordes of infected, you're dealing with raiders, you're dealing with all these different things. Um, the series itself kind of shies away from that, um, which for I think some people can be a con because I think I've seen a lot, a lot of mention that the infected feel like they kind of played second fiddle to a lot of the things that were happening in the series where it's like they weren't really that scary because we didn't get too much of them. Um, and I think that that is honestly a fair argument to be made is like I there is part of me that like did miss some of the really great action sequences that the game did provide. Um, but I didn't miss them for long because I felt like watching the human connections and watching um people navigate people became compelling enough that i kind of let those things go um but one thing that i didn't see too much conversation on was something that i found pretty groundbreaking at the time for the game which was this this idea of adding a personality to these usually faceless nameless goons that you will dispatch in these kind of adventure games right like typically those people are just like ah they're they're the bad guy I just have to get rid of them whereas in both the game and the series you really put an emphasis on the fact that these are still people mm -hmm. they may be people trying to rob you these may be people trying to do terrible things to you but they are still people um very much seen in the sequence where you know you got the kid begging for his life after he comes into confrontation with joel and that decision that you have to make there of like are you going to let this kid live who just tried to kill you or are you going to finish the job that's something that the game presented a long time ago which was definitely very different right whereas like characters that had names that had relationships with each other's even though they were meant to just be dispatched by joel at some point um that's just such a small shift that 
actually no i take that back it's not a small ship that's like such a great addition i think to a genre to really make it more compelling and Mm -hmm add a much more moral dilemma to the things that you're doing because like that happens so often where like you're on the last guy in a group he's like hey man i'm done i'm done i ain't got no no more stock in this and you still make the choice to pull the trigger Mm -hmm. it doesn't you know there is some separation when you're in the video game world but when you see real people in those situations it really elevates like how gray morals are in this world and how much like survival is king here like it's it's me or you at the end of the day and like it's kind of the harsh reality of it it's like when you watch like a a spy movie if you start to think a little bit too deeply about it you realize that all those people probably are just like hired security right (laughs) who probably are just trying to make it through make it through and they have orders to protect something and then the spy comes out and like puts their thighs around their neck and snaps their neck (laughs) it's like yo carl's daughter's birthday was in two weeks yeah (laughs) they were about to go to cancun (laughs) yeah and you're like damn but you don't think about that at the time but if you no. think too deeply about it you're like not my man's just trying to provide for his kids college fund and, and getting snapped in half but yeah there's a lot of that in this like i said we are from the perspective of joel and ellie and we are going to be rooting for them but at the end of the day from we know that there's a bigger reason to all this we know that they have a very important goal a very important mission But from the outside perspective, there are two people trying to provide for two people. And a lot of these people are like, hey, I've got a whole fucking group. And and if it's you two standing in in my way of that, yeah, I'm going to take out you guys just like you take me out if I was standing in the way of what you wanted. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you do have these people. And like I said, you've had these people who grow up in these groups and that is what is important to them their safety, their security, their community. And so they don't know anything else there. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they don't want to die. Like, <laughs> that's the yeah. only reason that those people are out on the streets is because they have to figure out ways to get by. And you have these people where it's like there are these huge communities where the community leaders are bad they're bad people doing bad things. That doesn't mean every person in that community is a bad mm-hmm. person doing a bad right. thing. But it, it's not important in the grand scheme of things. Like in this world, you don't have time to figure out who are bad people doing bad things and who are just caught in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the that time that you waste trying to figure that out is like time you could have just already been dealing with it. And who knows if it's going to end up good for you in the end. And yeah. I think the biggest instance of that is is David and his community. Because mm-hmm. I don't think all of those people are bad people. No. I just think that a lot of them have gotten themselves in a community that probably seemed great at the beginning mm-hmm. and now has become a full-on cult. And what are they supposed to do? like run like, out and fend for themselves they don't know how like, they don't know how it's ob- it's very obvious that they have a very select group of people in there that know how to handle weapons and go out and do everything for them everybody else in that community is not <laughs> is not ready for a fight it is very mm-hmm. very clear and then you have this character of like hannah 
who whose father we find out later got killed by Ellie and Joel. Mm-hmm. which that was totally which that is one case where i'm like that was totally justified my mans didn't even need to do all that like nah, nah, they nah. were go- they were leaving like why are you chasing them so that was one instance where i was like man fuck your daddy but you know what i mean <laughs> she doesn't know that she doesn't know that she, she, she doesn't have all the details she doesn't have all the details and there's a moment where she kind of calls for joel and ellie to be killed because she's upset and in the moment of course it pissed me off because i was like girl you don't even know what's really going on out there. You know what I mean? Like it pissed me off. But then in the same time, Ellie would do that. If people yeah. kill Joel, Ellie would go after, all, she'd rock all their shit. Exactly. So I'm like, can I really be pissed at Hannah? Yes. Because yeah. she was pissing me off. But, but everybody's got that perspective. Yeah. But I understand where she was coming from. I mm-hmm. understand. And it's like, even when Joel is like fucking up their whole group and he like kills them even though they tell him what he needs to know it's moments like that where it's it's i don't know if those guys were bad guys i don't know if they knew really what david was doing or if they were just you know they're just there to provide yeah they're just there to provide for the community and yeah it was the right thing to do because they were doing horrible things. They were planning on doing horrible things to Ellie. So it was the right thing to do. But I'm not going to lie. When those guys were screaming out and like begging for mercy, I felt some type of way. <laughs> you had to. You had to. Because, again, you get to see that other side of Joel that gets alluded to. But like you only see in moments. Right. Mm-hmm. And now speaking of moments, there's actually. So I wanted to ask you of Bill and Frank, Henry and Sam. Or Ellie and Riley, which of these heartbreaks hits you the most? Ah, uh, I mean Bill and Frank, but only because, <laughs> <laughs> only because that is not something I we've seen. That wasn't in the game. I was prepared mm-hmm. for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bill and Frank's whole relationship is not in the game. Like we don't get to see them living together and growing old together and making this whole decision and i think what's so sad about bill and frank to me is that it was natural circumstances that just kind of like tore their love stories short they had they were they had that shit locked up Uh they were living living the life like this is what Fergie was singing about in Glamorous. <laughs> that is the life that Bill and Frank were, li- were living. It was wonderful. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so I think it was more so just because it was so, because I just wanted more for them. And it was just unfortunate that it's that it, at the end of the day, yeah, you can live in this world and be taken out in this horrible way. But also just to know that because you live in this world, things that could be prevented aren't going to be prevented because there are no resources anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's something where like Frank could have been okay, but had to make a decision and that it's just so sad. And like, of course, <laughs> of course, Bill was going to go with him. Like, yeah. I, I knew, like, well, I knew I was like, he's, there's no way that he would just be like, okay, bye Frank. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but it's still, it's still, it's still really sad because I, I really, really enjoyed 
watching them like fall in love and come together because I think that is one example that I'm talking about where you have these two people who before would have been polar opposites probably never would have been in the same circles never would have found each other but because Mm -hmm. of the circumstances came together and bettered each other and I just it's I just think that's nice to see because you don't always see that played out like you don't always see these completely opposite people come together yeah but you also don't see that kind of story in these kind of stories either which i thought that was what blew my mind about that episode was just like again we've seen the apocalypse story so many times but i cannot remember the last time i saw people live peacefully during the apocalypse and watch that play out like that i didn't realize how much that would affect me to see people not even have to deal with any infected or zombies and still at the end you know want to weep for these characters because like you're just so used to people you know dying by unfortunate mishaps or in like supply runs or like Mm -hmm. getting overrun or like dealing with some bad people taking them out like you don't watch people make the decision to you know go out on their own terms and so like that was (sighs) That was rough. Like I was, I was a, I was a bit of a mess after that episode. Mm-hmm. But I will say, Henry and Sam. Once we got to the conclusion of that one, that was the one episode where I genuinely cried. And I'm not really a crier, but that episode, the the tears flowed. And like I, I attribute a lot of that to the performance of Lamar mm-hmm. Johnson and Kevion Woodard for just playing Henry and Sam really, really well, and like really establishing that connection. I just feel like that whole that whole plot line was really well done i also think like henry in the games if i recall correctly was older and i think or sam you mean uh like the little kid no no henry like the the guardian of sam i think he was like like an older guy in the games i feel like sam was older too i feel like i remember him being older yeah i feel like they aged them down a little bit yeah i i think i do think they got aged down but i think that was of great like one of those great choices that they made because i think making them younger made that hit way harder because that god that moment when he has to take out sam to save ellie and he's just like in shock i lost it i truly lost it my soul vanished from my body split into several pieces (laughs) and then scattered to the winds i was a mess it's a huge bummer and and they also made so sam also being deaf was new a new addition to the the tv show um because he is not in the game but i actually think that worked really well because i feel like it almost made it more where henry and sam were really in this bubble together and Mm -hmm. i don't know it made it feel like they were very much kind of they had their own way of communicating and they really felt more connected, I think, as a result, where you can understand why Henry really felt like he was Sam's only kind of lifeline in this world yeah. and why it wasn't like, oh, someone else can take care of him, blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like you really understood why they were so, like, we're a team, we're a unit. This is what we're doing. I also really just liked them as people. I I really thought that they were I liked their interactions with like Joel and Ellie. Um 
I love, I think the part that made me the saddest was Sam's conversation with Ellie in the mm. bedroom where oh, they were talking yeah. about what they're, what they're afraid of. And he asked her if she would like stay awake with him and stuff. And I also think that their arc in the story, story although it really only lasts that episode is so important overall i think to ellie's decisions because i think that's the first time where i think she really gets heavily impacted by something that happens she still has a pretty sunny disposition even post that but i think that's the first time where you really see something take a heavy heavy toll on her and also too i think that's a time where she really really accepts this fact of like i am important and i can make a better life because you can tell that she wanted so desperately for her blood to like help sam and then it didn't but i think it's more just the idea that it could really i feel like kind of pushes her forward and makes her more motivated to really go through with the plan that that they've been doing yeah and also, too, this is another example. I think Henry and Sim are another great example of a morally gray decision right. of a person doing what's best for them, but potentially. F- I mean, this whole this whole series is very much the question of like, would you sacrifice one for the benefit of many? Where it's mm-hmm. like, if are you is it more important to you to protect this one person, even if that could mean hurting a lot of people and i think henry and sam are an example of that where henry did some bad things and hurt people but he did it for sam yeah and it was one of those things where it's just like once you get that reveal because like once the kathleen plot lines introduced like i i was like kathleen bye like i i was not about her shit for the entirety of things until the reveal and then even after the reveal of course still had to feel for henry and sam right because you understand the circumstances why but then like again you get the gray of like you did give up her fucking brother who was a beacon for an entire group of people. Like you were in the wrong. I get why you did it, but you were in the wrong. And so like everything, you know, starts to click and it's just like the writing and the character development is just so good to like make these characters that you don't like, but you can still support their decisions or like you understand why they do the things that they do. Um, except David, because fuck David. David right, David's right. the worst. Nobody likes David. Right. I'm like, bitch, you're <laughs> dumb. But I will say Kathleen ended up looking hella stupid because I'm like, now who's the idiot? She did all that. And for what? Yeah. And for what? Because when they were getting attacked, I was like, if you would have just minded your business and stayed at your base, none mm-hmm. of this shit would have even happened. True. I think the thing about it is I got it. Like, I understood why Kathleen was on her little war path, but it pissed me off when she was like, yeah, my brother told me that I should forgive him. So then what are you still doing? So, so why are you doing this? Yeah. So then why yeah. are you embarrassing yourself <laughs> and all these people by still following this? So that was when I was like, girl, you're dead to me. But anyway, but I will say I loved Kathleen as a character because you don't get to see characters like that in charge like mm-hmm. more soft spoken um 
they don't use intimidation as much as they use just kind of like manipulation. And I don't know. It was just that's not the type of person that I feel like you normally get to see in these leadership roles, especially in in shows and movies like this. And I loved seeing a character like that because I'm like, that would be the equivalent, I feel like, of me being in charge, which like Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds crazy. But at the same time, Anybody could be in charge in these situations because it's not necessarily about being like the biggest or the, you know, the broodiest person. No, it's like who's going to lead you to a yeah. better life. It's usually it's about the charisma. I think we see that a lot because I also think David doesn't seem like the type of person who should be in charge or a leader. Right. And he is because he talks that talk and mm. people are like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> David. And I feel like. Now, granted, Kathleen is more of like a a leader by proxy because it was like mm-hmm. it was supposed to be her brother, but now it's her. But I mean, they even say in it that Kathleen's the one that made the moves. Yeah. Like her brother had the ideas, but she's the one who who followed through. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed seeing that type of a character kind of leading and being pretty brutal, just in a different way. Like, yeah, it was. Like, it had some of the similarities that you'll see in, like, some, like, I'm the leader and I will get shit done. But, like, yeah, the way that she went about it was definitely unique to her. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but not to leave them out, though, I do think, like, I'm really glad that they incorporated the DLC into the series in some way. Because I do think the Ellie Riley situation is important to Ellie's growth. Because, one, shout out again to Bella Ramsey, because they... Pfft, murdered this role throughout Mm -hmm. the series and i think ellie's growth as a character is one of those things that depending on how you play the games or watch the series can get kind of lost but it's like you watch a character go from like yeah she's got her wits about her and you know she's she's a strong-minded individual to the different traumas that she has to deal with but then just immediately has to kick it back in the gear and keep moving and just like the effect that that has on on her over time it's pretty nuts like when you think from the when you meet ellie to the last episode the sheer amount of things that that young child has had to go Mm -hmm. through um with kind of like the the david situation being the apex which i i had remembered that from the games but i was even telling my friend when i was watching it i was like are they not going to do the town portion? Because I feel like that's such a huge mm. bit for for Ellie. And just getting to see that in, play out in real time was oh, just as brutal as it was yeah. um, when you had to play through it yourself. Yeah. Also, I feel like some of the stuff that David says, uh, I feel like they heavily Im- they imply much more in the show that he is about to assault Ellie mm-hmm. than they do in the game yeah it's it's really unnerving it's like a really tense and hard episode to watch and just like that moment again when joel and ellie come together he hits it with the baby girl mm-hmm. at the end like <laughs> <Baby girl>. it... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but like it's one of those things where it's like you've gone on this journey with these characters to land here and it's like you got this guy who the last thing on his mind was to connect with this girl and this girl didn't give a fuck about this guy until Mm -hmm. she met him. But now it's just like, they are each other's lifeline essentially by the time we get here. It's like, what a journey to go on in such a little amount of time. 
Um, I mean, not for mm -hmm. them, but for us as the audience. Right, right. It's, it's just crazy to see how strong that relationship gets. And then, but subsequently, too, it's even heartbreaking, like, when you get towards the last episode when, like, you really finally get to see the effects of the journey on Ellie and what that's done to mm. her psyche. And, like, she hasn't really had any time to process this stuff. Like, right. it happens and she has to just keep moving because they've got this goal that's this grand goal that they have to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing that keeps them moving. But at some point, you do have to decompress and be like, all of these things happen to me. I've seen so much pain, death, all the all these things. I've been through so much and I can't process them. And it's kind of tragic when you get to the end and it's like Joel has finally lightened up. You know, he's he's now more open to the idea of this relationship with Ellie. But Ellie's just kind of closing off to the world because like she now sees how dark and twisted this world really is, which Joel alluded to when they first started the journey. He's like, you yeah. don't understand what it's like out there. And now she does. Mm -hmm. And just like it's just. Kind of so it hurts to watch kind of the tables flip there and be like, dang, Joel wants this relationship. But Ellie, she's not emotionally available for this right, right. now. Well, but I think it's it's interesting and it is unfortunate. It's like, oh, man, like he's trying to really, you know, like talk to her and she's just not having it. But at the same time, that's the most dad daughter I've seen this relationship mm. is like her being upset and not wanting to talk and him being like well blah, blah, blah. like i don't know it just feels very <laughs> dad yeah yeah it just feels like super dad daughter it's mm -hmm. like i and i mean i do think that whole thing with david is the moment that it gets pushed into that sort of a relationship because i would say i do it's nice because yeah obviously we're doing time jumps as the audience but there is a lot of time for Ellie and Joel to really kind of fine tune and work through this relationship. And I will say there's a, probably a good three months where they have stepped past acquaintances and now they're like friends. Mm -hmm. There's a full three months, I think, of them just becoming friends. And then I feel like from the minute Joel gets hurt is when they kind of turn. It turns more into this like close guardian bond yeah. and then from there we don't really get to live in that experience for too long because we're quite we're pretty close to the end like the hospital mm -hmm. and so they've had maybe a couple of days since that whole thing with david happened um and yeah you really do see that ellie is having a hard time dealing with everything that happened that's the most intense I think situation they've been in, despite everything that they've been in, I mm -hmm. think that that is the worst that she has seen humanity. And that's also the most brutal that she has had to be. Yeah. And it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot for her to take in. And I think that Joel is really doing his best to kind of keep <laughs> keep her keep her going and like keep her spirits up but i also think that there's an element of like they're getting close to this journey that they've been on and there's a huge like what if hanging in the air there's like a huge question mark of like what really happens at the end of this yeah journey like what am i supposed to do after this yeah because there's a cap to this where they're growing closer but the whole thing is at some point this does end mm -hmm. at some point we do go our separate ways and we do our own things 
Right. Because last time they talked, that's what Joel told her. The last time they had had that conversation, Joel basically made it clear that he was going to go do his thing. And mm-hmm. Ellie could go do her thing. And it isn't until this episode that he tells her, like, actually, I think we should stay together. Mm-hmm. So heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, like, even just thinking about it, it still hurts. Though, you know, I'm so happy they kept the giraffe scene in. It seems like such a <laughs> yeah. small one, but I got so giddy when it was there because it is one of those moments after just so much tension, so much drama. It's like very, very small bit of peace that the characters get to appreciate with just seeing these animals like walking through the now abandoned world that has been lost to humanity and just like the animals taking over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a beautiful scene when you take it in in that regard. Also, apparently not a CGI giraffe. I definitely thought it was. Are you sure? I if, if I watched the, the most face tuned giraffe I've ever seen there there now there could be some VFX on top of it for sure. But mm-hmm. in the like little extra that they had the behind the scenes of the show, it's a real giraffe, apparently, oh, wow. which blew my mind. But going into the hospital, which is very iconic, um, a lot of people, I think, were waiting for the final episode because there is such a huge decision that is made. If you made this far into the episode, assuming you've watched the show, so you understand that Joel has to make the decision of allowing them to kill Ellie to potentially make a cure or to do something to take Ellie, take Ellie back and leave mm. and subsequently sacrifice basically the one opportunity for a cure that they have. And of course, being the now father figure that Joel is, he goes and saves Ellie um, but how did you feel about it? But I guess like both getting to play through it and then seeing it in real time. Like, did you agree, disagree? So first of all, I will say I understand it probably would have cost a lot of money to do this scene. But the one scene I was hoping they were going to have in there, they didn't. The scene where they're going through like the flooded like tunnel oh, in the bus yeah. and then like Ellie drowns and and Joel tries to resuscitate her. Mm hmm. I was really hoping that they were going to have that scene in there, and they didn't. I get it, but it is one of my favorite scenes in the game. It mm-hmm. is what it is. But um, you know what? It seems much more brutal in the show because I in the game, you know, kind of going off of what you said earlier where there's all these, like, action and clickers, but it also feels that way because it's a video game, so, of course, the action sequences are always going to be longer than yeah. the cutscenes. But, like... An action sequence in the game might take you an hour to get through. To get through, but in the show, that will only be like five minutes because they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like they have to sit there and grab weapons and craft and like be, get taken out seventeen times and respawn. Like yeah. they're gonna get through all that shit mighty quick. And so, in the game, because you're kind of like slowly making your way through the hospital and killing people as you go it doesn't seem as brutal but in the show just watching joel just go like (laughs) through the hall through the halls of the hospital it's crazy like i was like joel you're fucking crazy (laughs) the way that he was killing all those people and you see people who like we said are scared like they don't want to die they're just they they're working for firefly because they uh, you know they want to have a better world what have you um 
and they were probably just sent there to patrol the hospital. And here comes Joel, just <laughs> just going bah, 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 like and and killing all of these people. And then even when he gets into the the hospital scene, and the doctor is like, "Dude, no, I can't yeah. let you, like, I can't let you take this opportunity away." Which I understand, but also, homie, a scalpel, a scalpel, my guy. What were you yeah, gonna do? Yeah, I know. I was like aren't you a doctor <laughs> surely you must see that <laughs> this isn't gonna work like um yeah it it's it seems much more i think this is the only time that i've i never felt like this in the game but for some reason in the show this was the only time where i was like joel <laughs> you're doing a lot right now like you're doing a lot and i get mm -hmm. it but oh my god like it was the only time that i've ever felt that way about joel <laughs> that's and i think a part of that could be too talking about the game comparison is at least in the game there is some semblance of like a back and forth where it's like you again you're going through the hospital they know you're coming so it's like you're battling through the people to make it to the operation room where in this rendition it's more just joel makes a decision they don't realize joel's made the decision so by the time they realize they're already dead because joel mm -hmm. is plowing through these people light work style yeah. and he is moving quick too not even breaking a sweat <laughs> so it's like in that way it just feels more like a massacre as opposed to a battle yeah. um and so that's hard because it's like, again, you want, of course, you want Ellie to live. You want them to be together. You want some semblance of a happy ending. But you're also watching this man destroy humanity's, quote unquote, last chance at finding a cure. And that's uh, that's kind of bad. <laughs> like, that's pretty yeah. damn bad. That's it's wild to think. And now, granted to give him a little bit of a slack it's the possibility, possibility. of finding a cure and i yeah. feel like it's that feeling of being like if you do all this shit and it doesn't work what was the point like what was even the point of all this and mm -hmm. so and the thing that's crazy about it is marlene who is played by the same voice actor love that i also yeah. love all of the cameos that happen because yeah. i feel like a majority of the main cast of the game make make cameos throughout the series yeah definitely ashley johnson births herself <laughs> which uh, uh, incredible <laughs> great love that it's so so interesting though like because hearing her talk you'd you're like, oh, that's it Ellie. It sounds, it's crazy. It sounds wild. Like when she's running through the woods and she's like, ah, ah. I'm like, ah. Like, Ellie? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you can understand Joel's feelings because he just had this conversation where he's basically like, I, the only thing that is like, making me want to live again is you <laughs> which is heavy he doesn't say it in quite those words but he alludes to the fact like Ayo, <laughs> you're like everything to me right now uh so it is what yeah. it is and i mean and i mean uh, now granted it's not like ellie definitely feels the same way like at this point in time joel is like her father figure she's never had parents mm -hmm. and i feel like it's very clear that she feels that way about joel so it's not like one-sided by any means but we do find out that joel is you know he he really is open now and she's kind of the only reason that he is and so you understand why 
And you also find out that after what happened to Sarah, like he tried to take his own life and it didn't work. And mm-hmm. it seems like, and you, I think it would be fair to say that if, if not for, if he were to leave Ellie behind, I don't think that Joel would really even try anymore. Yeah. I think he would give up again. And mm-hmm. so like for Joel as a character and as a human being, like he needs Ellie, he needs yeah. her to be alive and he needs to be with her. But um, the thing that's crazy about it is Marlene thought the best plan was to keep that shit a secret until now like never even tell ellie and then spring that shit on joel and think that he's just gonna waltz right out of there and the thing that's crazy about it is i do feel like if she had given ellie the choice i do think ellie still would have done it like i think ellie would have done it ellie 100 percent, and i feel like she knows that and i feel like joel knows that which is why he like you can tell that he feels bad about it because you know that he knows that if it was up to ellie she would have chosen to go through with it but i also feel like if they had given ellie the decision and ellie had told joel that that was her decision i think he would have respected it Mm. i i'd like to think that he would um yeah that's that's all i would like to think that he would i think he would because i think at this point in time even with like the whole Tommy situation and him being like, you should have a choice. I think at this point in time, he respects Ellie and like the decisions that she makes. And I think that if she, they had a goodbye and like, she told him like, Hey, this is all I want. Like, this is all I want in my life. This would make me happy. Blah, 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 blah. I think he would have, I think he would have fought it, but I think he would have been like at the end of the day, this is it's Ellie's her, decision. It's Ellie's choice. Yeah, but like, I, to not even give him a goodbye, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. <laughs> they they could have at least done that, but maybe to it, it's very lightly devil's advocating. But Marlene doesn't know. She doesn't know the journey they've been on. She knows how long it's taken, and she mm-hmm. is honestly surprised that they even made it there in the first place. But like, if you compare where they were to like where they are now again she was cargo to joel when they first started so i can't necessarily blame marlene for maybe assuming that some semblance of that is still there but even she sympathized with the fact that like hey i love this girl as much as you do but i understand what's better for the for the greater good you know yeah yeah um but still, it is, you know, it's brutal to watch Joel take her out, even when it's, again, one of those situations where she's like, all right, look, you won, bro. Take her. Yeah. Like, come on. He's like, nah, you just come after us. And Popper, you're like, oh, Joel, why are yeah. you such a savage, my guy? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then it's, of course, I mean, I love that they stuck with the same way that the game ended. Yeah. On that it's kind of perf- like the perfect it's, note it's on that like note where you you don't know what's gonna happen next oh she, she knows. has to know she has to know even she, if she absolutely knows even if she doesn't know the extent she she suspects that he's not telling the truth and mm-hmm. and that something different happened and it's just that like i feel like where you're where you're left off i this to me feels like 
because Joel is so you can tell that Joel is so excited now for yeah, like the like, future. This is it. This is the new he's, life I've been looking yeah, for. He's hype. He's like, oh, blah, 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 we're going to do this. And, blah, blah, and my daughter would have loved you. And like, it's it's hard because you can see that Ellie is too. Like in, in a sense, she she's still you can tell that she's still like, you know, cares about Joel and is like happy to be with him. But you can tell that like. The fact that things didn't work out is is not an easy pill to swallow for her. Like no. she was banking on this. She has been looking forward to this. She's been the only reason she went on this journey was to help better the world. And you can tell that that shit is really weighing heavy on her heart. And not only that, but the idea that maybe Joel had something to do with that is like always going to be in the back of her mind. Yeah. So it's like things might never be the same <laughs> no because it's the the fact that he lies and doesn't tell her what actually happens and i agree i love that they end on that because that's his last chance right she gives him the opportunity she's like hey seriously between the two of us are you telling the truth and it's just like it's one of those moments where you know somebody important to you is like hey i need you to be honest with me mm -hmm. i know what the answer is but i need to hear it from you and they still lie to your face. Yeah. It's like that their bond now is tainted. It's still strong. And they still have their entire experience together. And like, yes, they can now go into trying to build something new. But now we're at a point where you were the one person in this world that Ellie trusted, trusted. Yeah. to a T. Like the, no matter what, she trusted you and you broke her trust. And then the show just ends. You're like, mm -hmm. stop playing with my emotions, yeah, The Last of Us. Like, also, though, too, Joel, you had a whole car ride to try and think of a better lie. I feel like his lie was very convoluted. Like, mm -hmm. why did you even need to say all that? You didn't have to say that there are other people like her. You could have just been like, hey, they tried. They ran some tests and like the tests were coming back inconclusive. And while they were doing that, they're, you know, there was a raid and they basically told me to preserve you, like to get you out. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I did. And like, we and, got then, and, by raiders. Yeah, and just, and just lie and be like, you know, maybe in the, we'll try and find more fly. You know what? You know, we'll try and see where we can go from here, but I have to wait and hear from that. Like, we'll see if they said they'd find us. Yeah. Put it out of your hands. It's in the Firefly's hands now. They said they find us. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you saying, like, why are you adding in all this extra razzle dazzle? Just make up some basic ass bullshit and keep it moving. Yeah, but Ellie's too smart of a character. At some point, she's going to figure it out. And of course, she figured it out very quickly in both the game and the show. But like, it's one of those things that going into, you know, the second game and like the second season, which can only assume is going to like this one did very closely mirror the games because honestly that's all they have to do mm -hmm. and that was a notion i think a lot of fans of the franchise had before this even releases like if you just follow the groundwork that the game has given you this is a very easy script to write yeah. and so like knowing like you know knowing the narrative routes that are going to go that we're going to go in and knowing how these choices will affect these characters later on i think it's a great place to end it's a great cliffhanger to um be going into the next season and it's just i'm very happy that it was so successful be so that we can have the second season because me personally i 
I love both games equally, but I think I had my heartstrings pulled even more in the second game. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see those things come in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I'm happy that this was a success so that we even got that second season because you know yeah. they canceling shows left and right these days. So you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta really come out strong to get that season oh, two. Oh, for sure. I I think the best thing about the show is they. You really you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And I feel Mm -hmm. like they did for this one. They knew what parts could be fleshed out more that would fit. And they knew what parts where it was like, let's just fucking copy what happened in the game. The sequence is perfect. We don't need to touch it. Let's just do it as exactly as is. And they did. And it worked like if there's shit that's there and it's already good, why mess with it? And if there's there's stuff that's there that you're like, ooh, there's maybe something here, like Bill and Frank, Mm -hmm. there's something here we could really work work with, then do it. And like, if it works, then great. And it does. It, it, It works really well. The pacing of the show is really good. And I feel like they hit all of the points that I would have expected them to hit and that I would have wanted them to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, if they keep going down that path, like I said, I haven't played the second one, but they go down that path for the second one, then, then great. We'll have another fantastic, <laughs> we'll have another fantastic season. Um, but my last two little things that I wanted to mention is a Bella Ramsey has the cutest giggle. <laughs> like every <laughs> single time that Ellie laughs in this show, I was like, Oh my God. And then two, I never even thought about this for some reason until this show, but like menstruating during the apocalypse would be pissing me off. (laughs) Would piss me off. And uh, yeah, it was something that they kind of touch on with Ellie in this show. Yeah, that Um, care package. uh, Yeah. Smart. Which I'm like, yes, dude. I didn't even think about that. But a diva cup, it would be the way to go in the fucking apocalypse because you would (laughs) run out of, you would need to use something reusable. You'd run out of, like uh sanitary um items like so mm-hmm. so fast it would be insane um so yeah i tell all my menstruating homies out there i don't know <laughs> if you guys ever thought about that but i didn't and now i'm upset so <laughs> but all right i think we have for the most part covered everything that we can in mm-hmm. this set amount of time of course is a lengthy series there's a yeah. lot to talk about but i feel like we hit all the main points um mm-hmm. the last one being uh what are we gonna rate the last of us out of oh uh, we could rate it out of uh mushroom Mush- mushroom makeouts i was literally just about to say that <laughs> Uh, um we could rate it out of baby girls (laughs) (laughs) baby baby gay um look (laughs) i will never be upset about rating it out of baby girls to be honest (laughs) really i was not doing as a joke but i'm actually kind of down let's do it let's do it i Uh, i love it let's do it All right. Well, as the guest viewer <laughs> of this series, why don't you go ahead and go first, Erica? What you gonna okay. rate this? <laughs> and I, I want to hear the best baby girl you got. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it in the accent. I'll try. Okay. I am going to rate The Last of Us five out of five. <laughs> I'm trying. Five out of five. Baby Gales. <laughs> I can't. 
good enough. It's good enough. <laughs> um, yeah, this show was amazing. It was so good. Every character was was fantastically played. Um, Joel and Ellie, I think, nailed it. Like Pedro Pascal was perfect Joel energy, and Bella Ramsey was perfect Ellie energy. Like the the energy, the aura, the vibes, the personalities. I thought they fucking nailed it. And I loved following them. Like mm-hmm. I was having a blast, even when they were just riding on a horse talking about <laughs> talking about football or whatever they're talking about. I had a great time. Like I think that all of the action was very well done. I think that the more intimate moments were very well done. Even though I've seen some of this before, I was still enthralled by what was happening on screen it was an emotional journey that i could barely hold on (laughs) hold on for um and it was just really strong from beginning to end and i also will say obviously we don't get a ton of infected but what we do see of the infected really really scared me Mm -hmm. um i think the clickers design was fantastic i think the bloater the one that we saw was I, I thought that was a bloater, but maybe it was just like yeah, some other it's, type. It's of, like a variation on okay. it was their variation on the bloater. Gotcha. Was really cool. Like it was just scary. That uh, the whole idea of that was really really creepy, and the execution was very well done. And visually, this is a beautiful. The shots mm-hmm. of just landscapes and mountains, and and them riding through at sunset. All of that was gorgeous. And so, yeah, there's literally nothing I would want to change about this show. Mm-hmm. So five out of five, baby gales for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I'm right there with you. It's an easy five out of five, baby girls for me as well. Um, it's just as again, as somebody who is a diehard fan of this franchise um, and who has been scorned by so many video game adaptions over the years, I was just absolutely thrilled um by the conclusion of this with just how good the show was while still remaining so faithful to the source material i like it's one of those things where you keep theorizing how to make this work how do you transition game to live action and how do you do it properly and i think the last of us is a great franchise for that because as we stated before all the foundations were already there. The actual game to me is a masterpiece of not only gameplay, but storytelling. And they took those things that worked, brought them to the live action while still managing to take their own little twists and turns along the way. Again, fleshing out characters that we didn't get a lot of time with while still getting to experience this whole journey um, with two real people. And I agree um, I will be honest, when we first heard the casting for Ellie and Joel, I wasn't scared because I knew both were great actors, but I wasn't sure because I didn't necessarily see them as the characters. Now I can't see anyone else as, the, as these characters. They were perfect. The absolute perfect casting, um, as you said, captured every essence of both those characters perfectly. And it was just a joy to not only watch them just act between each other because those scenes were mm, masterful but 
to just go along for this story uh, another time um, in this different medium. Um, it was just an absolute pleasure. And I cannot recommend any higher for anyone to check out The Last of Us. I mean, if you made it this far, I, again, I always assume that you've watched the series. But if like you still haven't, um, it is worth it. One of the best TV experiences I've had in a very, very long time. Easy five out of five baby girls for me. <laughs> well, there you have it. There is our uh, breakdown of The Last of Us, which, like we said, there is so much ground to cover. We did our best to do it in like two hours. So we <laughs> hope that you guys enjoyed the discussion. Let us know what you thought of the show. Um, you can talk to us on social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to email us, we are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries or if you'd like to go into our discord and chit chat with us a little bit more in depth the link for that is in our social media bio our discord is where we hang out with our homies all throughout the week discussing horror but other topics as well so if you would like to do so please come through and if you're listening to this when it comes out that means that it's monday that means we are streaming on twitch tonight and probably still talking about the last of us because like we said there's only so much we could cover if you guys would <laughs> like to come through and say hello and watch us play some spooky games the link for that is also in our social media bios and last but not least if you're so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review you can do both on apple podcasts the more ratings and reviews we get the better recommend our show to more listeners and we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show so if you have not done that yet we'd love for you to or over on spotify you could just leave us a little spicy rating you can do so by clicking the stars underneath our names but homies thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dove into a whole ass tv show <laughs> and we will be seeing you guys next week for more spooky content catch you next time homies bye